Hello and welcome to BJGP Interviews. My name is Ewan Lawson and I'm the editor of the BJGP. Welcome back to the podcast after we certainly enjoyed a summer break. I hope you've had a chance to refresh and recharge as well. Uh, We're going to get straight back into it this episode with a very important topic of continuity of care. And in this episode, we got a chance to talk to Dr. Sally Hull, uh, who's a GP and honorary reader in primary care development at QMUL. And the paper is Measuring Continuity of Care in General Practice, a comparison of two methods using routinely collected data. Now, we're seeing lots of evidence emerge about continuity of care over recent years, but I started by asking Sally why they did this study. Well, the point is that uh, continuity of care is actually not part of health policy. People assume that it happens, but of course, it won't happen unless it's incentivized or it's valued. And this is the case in spite of the enormous benefits of continuity of care. And so the reason we did this study was, was for two reasons, really. We wanted to develop a method which showed that you could actually measure continuity of care across a large number of practices across a whole health district using routinely available data that's quite easy to collect. So that was one purpose. The second reason we wanted to do it was we wanted to compare what we found using this sort of objective measure of continuity with the annual Ipsos Mori GPPS surveys, which has questions on continuity. Um, and that hasn't actually been done before. So, so that's really why we set out to do this study. Yeah. Well, I mean, an absolutely hot topic as everyone's talking about continuity of care. But as you mentioned there, it hasn't necessarily been operationalized in quite the way we'd want it to in terms of health policy. And so that has to be the next step. And we'll come on to it later, I'm sure. But there's obviously some, there are some headwinds when it comes to continuity of care in general practice at the moment. And um, they're very important. And they come out a little bit in this as well. So we'll, we'll maybe get yeah. on to those. Tell us a little bit more about what you did then. And then we'll, we'll get on to what you found. Yeah. Okay. So what we did, we used routine data from um, three inner East London boroughs. Um, and because in the clinical effectiveness group at Queen Mary, we collect this data, this data kind of comes into um, our department, we were able to do this. And But in order to think about continuity, you've got, you've got to think, um, so what are you measuring? Uh, and we use the usual provider of care, um, which is a very intuitive uh, measure because basically it's saying what proportion of all the contacts over a, a defined period of time are with one GP. Um, and uh, that's sort of independent of usual doctor arrangements within practices um, and it is, is, I think, probably the most useful measure. Um, but uh, for continuity to develop, patients have to get used to the practice. So they've got to be uh, actually registered for a reasonable period of time. So our first criteria was patients had to be registered for a year prior to the data extraction. And then we used a two-year data extraction period. So patients had to be registered for a full three years. And during the two-year data period, they had to have had at least three consultations. And the point about that in a rapidly changing population of East London, 
is that it cuts down the number of people for whom you can assess continuity quite considerably. And so actually, we were only able to measure it for a third of the population. But of course, this is the population probably that need it most, the people who've got long-term health conditions, who are older, and who may have mental health problems as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it's worth, I was going to, you've raised that point there, that I was going to mention that it's probably worth just lingering for a second to note the population here that based in the London boroughs of Tower Hamlets, City and Hackney and Newham, that actually, I know you mentioned in the uh, the method that some 48% of are people from ethnic minorities, top decile social deprivation in England as well. So, you know, this is, this, this is not a population that, um, you know, a very important population to study with imp- very important characteristics. People will say, continuity in East London, you probably can't do it at all. But of course, that's absolute nonsense. Um, There are practices providing excellent continuity um, to a very deprived and needy population, and, you know, which has a higher risk of multiple health problems, um, higher risk of mental health problems. So if anything, they need it more than many other places. So if you can measure it here, you can measure it anywhere. Yeah, there's no excuses, is there? That's absolutely the case. <laughs> the, um, so uh, measuring continuity using the UPC, the usual provider of care index, and also you've taken the data from the annual Ipsos Mori general practice patient survey uh, in 2019. Why? I Probably this is the time to get onto what you've found, Sally, so we can talk, we've got enough time to talk a little bit about the implications because there's so much to unpack here. So what we found was we've, we've got an average continuity of care index, which is 0.52. In the in across all practices in the area, but that's a bit of a bland figure. And I think one of the most interesting uh, things that we present is a, a figure which compares list size against uh, UPC score. And what that demonstrates very clearly is that it's much easier for small practices to provide continuity than large practices. Well, we we did know that, of course, but part of the problem in all this is that um, continuity has been measured in lots of different ways for small bits of population, and we don't really have a sort of baseline measure against which we can do further comparators. And, you know, that's one of the other reasons we set out to do this across a whole health economy. I mean, I think the other interesting point just looking at that figure um, is if you think about practices that are approximately 5,000 in size, there's an enormous variation in the UPC score between them, as there is if you even go up to 10,000, where there's a range from uh, sort of 35% to 60%. So what that demonstrates is that the better practices in terms of continuity can really learn from can can really have something to teach some of the other practices about the ways of improving continuity. Yeah. So that's our figure one. I'm just looking at it just now, but anybody, anybody's listening who wants to go straight to that figure one shows that really beautiful with beautifully with that those continuity scores plotted against list size for 126 practices that you looked at. Uh, yeah, there's a remarkable spread there in terms of now. Obviously, there's a bit of a trend in, generally in terms of continuity going down, but as you say, individually variable. It's not. A, it's not a given by any stretch. Um, no. Any other key findings to highlight, Sally? Basically, what we found when we did a, a sort of multiple regression analysis was that, in terms of demography, the most important things are um, if your if your patients are older, you have higher continuity. So age of patient is really important. And if you're thinking about organizational aspects, 
the most important thing is practice size. So those are the two things that really um, will determine continuity. Um, unless a practice puts something really special in. When we think about ethnicity and social deprivation, there are very, very small differences. So um, people in, in social uh, in the top decile of social deprivation you know, who were least deprived had slightly better continuity, but it was really marginal. And there was very, very little difference between ethnic groups in East London, which I think is really encouraging. Uh, any gender difference detected? Um, yes, there was. Continuity is, in multiple regression, it's it's greater for women. And I don't think that comes as a surprise, really. Now, the other really important finding was the correlation between continuity, as measured by UPC, and the GPPS survey results. And what we found um, was really quite a, a good correlation between the two. So that if your score for question 10, which is how often do you get to see the patient, the, the doctor that you want to see, um, was uh, related well to the, to the UPC score. And so the correlation was 0.62 for those who are interested in num numbers. Um, and that's important because I looked around the literature and as far as I can see, there's never been um, any sort of examination of the GPPS scores compared to um, any sort of objective measure of this sort. And I think with that, and most of the studies on continuity, particularly the ones that are showing that it's declining over the years, are simply based on the GPPS. Um, and of course, the GPPS takes quite a small sample. Um, and it may, in some areas, not be that representative. And I think that's what a lot of practices fear, that it's not very representative. But I think we can be reassured that using the UPC score um, and the fact that they relate well um, means that we can go ahead and use the UPC score, possibly as a, as, as a future marker of quality of practice. Interesting. Tell us a little bit about more. You mentioned the th phrase you use in the conclusion, the implications for research and practice se section is that the um, continuity is, goes against the grain of recent developments. Tell us a little bit more about where you think we are with that now. Okay. Well, I think there's a lot of, um, there, are, there are some researchers who are really doing some very good work on continuity. Um, but uh, the grain previously has been about rapid access. And rapid access in health planners' minds seems to um, to trump continuity, even though when you delve into satisfaction, um, people are more satisfied when they have greater continuity. Patients are more satisfied. Um, and, you know, I think we also have to think more broadly. Um, as you, as I'm sure you know, um, the benefits of continuity of care includes a reduction in all-cause mortality. And this is looking at it across the whole of Europe, not just in the UK. Lower use of hospital care, increased adherence to drugs, decreased healthcare costs and greater satisfaction. Well, frankly, um, you know, if this was a drug, and I think it was Marshall Marinko who said this at the latest um, uh, GP conference, if this were a drug, if continuity were a drug, it would be extremely well-funded 
and widely prescribed. Uh, there's an argument that we've been getting health policy terribly, terribly wrong in recent years with the prioritisation of access for all those measures that you mentioned in terms of mortality, morbidity, accessing um, emergency and urgent care. We've been putting drivers in the system that push us away from continuity. The other one that came out there that has come out that you, we haven't quite mentioned is the the tendency towards larger practice sizes as well. And you did suggest, you do suggest, although this study can't speak to that in terms of what might be best, but you do mention the possibility that we need to look at initiatives to improve continuity in that context. We're not going to be going back to small single-handed practices, but there are lots of ways of organising practices. And if you've got a mind to improve continuity, I believe you can do it. And I think that's supported even in the complex and difficult environment of East London by looking at that scores, UPC scores against list size chart, which shows how how well some practices are doing. Um, And so you have to go and ask them, what are they doing? And, you know, use of micro teams, um, just thought about it and receptionists being very thoughtful about who needs continuity. Um, But Obviously, there are other things that are driving against this. Um, The bigger problems that general practice is facing, uh, larger practices, larger, fewer GPs, greater workload. Well, all those things are driving against continuity, part-time working and part-time working in response to the pressures, um, difficulties recruiting GPs. So all of those things are drivers which run against continuity. But we've talked a lot about the benefits for patients. But I think we also need to mention the benefits for doctors. And continuity, There's I can't remember where it comes from, but it was described as the golden thread running through our practice. And I think that's such a, a lovely description because for many doctors, continuity and developing relationship-based medicine is what drove them into general practice in the first place. And if you have health policy that destroys that, you're not going to get the people coming into general practice that we really need. Sally, I think that's probably the perfect note to end on. So um, all that remains then is for me to say thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research papers and articles can be found at bjgp.org. The show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. Do share if you've enjoyed it. Subscribe via all the usual places, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your podcaster of choice. Thanks again.